Welcome to part one of my chat with a star on the rise, the drag artiste previously and currently known as Judy. You might not be familiar with Judy yet, but we'll have no choice but to fall in love with her after listening to this, which we taped for four hours a few months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, whatever it is, this is the first two hours of a gargantuan and girthy four-hour chat. Enjoy. Hello, hello. There we go. Once upon a time. There we go. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is what we started talking about before we hit record. Did you see the film? Did you enjoy the film? I did. I loved it. I saw it in film at the Arclight. Oh, yeah. Before it switched yeah. in Sherman Oaks. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. A I, midnight film. That's a great midnight screening, especially on film. I got to see it at the Arcos in Cinerama Dome. Uh, is that where you saw it? No, it, in Sherman Oaks. Oh, I forget. At the Galleria. Yeah. They did like, I think they only show like one every month or something like that oh, okay yeah but i saw um what is it suspiria in Ooh, the cynodome yeah that was the scariest shit i've ever seen and i saw oh did i see midsummer there i don't know but it in watching any horror like that yeah in that dome is crazy <laughs> it's gotta be especially like, mind-boggling yeah was this the newer suspiria or the older one new oh, okay you know i need to see that i'm a big fan of the older one I tried watching the new one like last year. It just wasn't the right time. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. You, if you're in the wrong mind frame, do yeah. not even touch it. <laughs> so bad. I did see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the Cinerama Dome, which was the after living here almost eight, nine years or whatever, I finally saw a movie at the Cinerama Dome. Uh-huh. And because I tried to see 2001 there, because I was like, perfect. Oh. Cinema. They just moved it to like one of the other theaters. And I was uh. like, oh. But I, I feel hope- like I've been making <laughs> sex movies. Oh, uh, uh. Um, <laughs> Cinodome, that's in Once Upon a Time, right? Do they show it? They, they show do, like, yeah. They drive by it. It's so cool. And it was fun to see that for the first time there. I was like, I love how meta this is. Uh-huh. I uh. want to go to some of the other spots. I've never been to like Musso and Frank and uh, some of those restaurants. And there was a Casa Vega. Yes. Which I don't know if historically that was her last meal or something, but in the movie it was. Right. And that was right down the street from where we were living. And me and my boyfriend were like, we have to go, we have to go after that movie. And we never went. Well, but, it's actually good you didn't. El, so El Coyote is where the last meal was. Uh, okay. But Casa Vega's in it. El, Casa uh, Vega's in it for sure. They're, like, there's a bunch of scenes yeah, there. Yeah. El Coyote is great, I guess, for drinks. Now, I don't drink and I've only had the food and I can't recommend uh-huh. the food. Mm. Where is it? It's right, it's on, is it Beverly Boulevard? Uh-huh. And it's right down the street from the new Beverly Cinema, which is Tarantino's. And which is great fun to go to if if you are a fan of his. They show his movies every Friday night at midnight, so you can see self indulgent. He's like, yeah, oh, look. yeah. Well, oh, you should I'm see it show when, mine. when that movie came out. It was wall to wall, like oh. every night. And then a friend of, have a little narcissist, <laughs> just a touch, a healthy amount, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was a bunch of movies that influenced it, so you could actually go see the movie that Sharon Tate was going to see of herself in oh. the thing. You could go see it at the movies. What was that movie? She was like a bellhop or something in it. Yeah, and she had like the sort of comic farcical scene. Yeah, so she like the, falls. The Wrecking Crew, which is part of this three or four uh, entry Dean Martin spoof of James Bond movies called uh, Matt Helm. Oh. They don't hold up. Okay. It is not, 
<laughs> it is I won't not, bother. There's a lot of films mentioned on the show. These are ones to, you don't need to see. Okay. This is fine. Blacklisted. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been watching lately? Movie-wise, this month, I mean, the seasonal depression is real, so I haven't <laughs> been getting into any, like, you know, hard hitters. I've been watch. I watched, um, what's the one, the Disney Pixar magic, the, the, like, whole family is magical. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name of it. En- Encanto. Okay, Encanto. I watched Encanto. Yeah. What movie? I watched Don't Look Up. How was it? I've been meaning to see it, but of course, because of the vibe of everything, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I, I know I should, and I know, mm-hmm. but not now. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was in a good place when I watched <laughs> when I watched that, but it is a little long. Yeah. I almost broke broke it up into two nights. Yeah, because there's there's a chunk that you could watch in one night, and then another chunk. Like the okay. storyline is kind of you could watch it in two nights. Okay, but I sat through it. It was good. Yeah. I was just having some like restless legs, so I had to get up, take a break, like get some more Coca Cola, <laughs> and just like refresh and then come back to it. But it was yeah. good. Other movies, mm, I don't. I've been watching TV. Yeah, a lot of series. Euphoria. Mm, which, you know, I'm behind on them. I gotta. I that's, know that's another one. I had to be in the right mind space. Sure, because right. it's triggering for so many reasons, <laughs> and then. It would be so bad because it was like me and my boyfriend were always at least one or two weeks behind. So people would talk about it. It would be posted online. Oh, yeah. It's like the new drag race for spoilers. mm -hmm. And so the can you believe Claudia did this? And Uh, you're like, I can't. Yeah. uh, And even even if it's just a picture, I don't want to see the looks. I don't want to see the makeup. Right. Before. Right. I want to see in the moment. And it just gets ruined. But I've been watching Euphoria. I've been watching Inventing Anna. I've heard something about that, but I can't remember what. What's the premise of that again? It's loosely based on a true story of Anna Delvey or Anna Sorkin. Uh-huh. She went by the alias Anna Delvey. And she basically like conned a lot of people in New York into thinking that she was this German heiress. Right. Yeah. Right. So she's been in jail, but she, while in jail, signed a deal with Netflix to make this movie or make this TV series produced by Shonda Rhimes. Horrible writing. I, ugh, it's so bad. But it's like, uh, I just want to know. I want to know everything. I want to know it in a dramatized version. And then yeah. I want to watch the, like, there's a 60 minutes that I want to watch sure. later. I love that when you can watch the sort of narrative version and then go back and get the real documentary. Yeah. It, and with that one, I remember reading a friend's post, and this is what I remembered about it, that there's a lot of fictionalized stuff that yeah. that edges into almost inappropriately fictionalized yes yeah i heard that because there's like an editor from vanity fair that was like they're saying that it's they're like slandering her name in the show they might have changed her last name but the first name is the same and like the vogue i think anna wintour someone came out in in defense of this editor and was like she's not stupid (laughs) she's not as stupid as they think and then the real anna delvey Posted and was like, she is stupid. <laughs> or like, she's, I don't know. Misrepresentation yeah. or something like that. Yeah. 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 I've been watching that. Other than that, I, I didn't watch a UK versus the world, but I've been wa- keeping up with, you know, sure. the, the original. Well, there's so many seasons. It's, uh, I mean, are there, now, are there other franchises that you've been trying to keep up with that? Because, you know, we all liked when Canada came out, it was a breath of fresh air. We were in the middle of the shit. Yeah. But the newest season, I wasn't able to 
And I felt bad. Exact same. Yeah. Exact same. I started it. If I had nothing else to watch, I would like fast forward to the living for your life, which almost was the worst part. And then <laughs> see who goes home. I would watch the runway. I would watch the runway. Yeah. But I couldn't get it pa- get past like three episodes. It, 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 yeah. It, it's like they're they're taking the same formula in the same like writing of jokes and yes. things and thinking that anyone could pull it off that's not RuPaul. That's so exactly how it, I feel about it. Because if they modded it to the strengths and weaknesses of each individual uh, judge, host, etc., yeah. but when it's so exact, then it makes you go, where's RuPaul? Yeah. You're like, something is askew here. Like making the same jokes like, um, I hardly know her. Oh, I'm like, yeah. uh, <laughs> right. You, this is like copyright infringement. Right. Like, you shouldn't be saying that. Or like references to very, very old entertainers that works, especially with RuPaul, because it's like, oh, it's a bit of an education mm-hmm. and it's in her speech pattern. Mm-hmm. Then it also makes you only too aware that there's writers helping Ru and you don't want to think about that. Mm-mm. You know, I want to see the full fantasy. I want the, I want to be lulled into the sense that it's all happening as it comes. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I couldn't get into it. I did watch, um, what was it called? Queen of the Universe. Oh yeah. How was that? just a little bit of vomit in the mouth though not like a full like i have to uh towel off after it was a little like dribble dribble (laughs) trixie was amazing yeah um the judging panel was awesome i just wasn't i didn't get attached to anyone the the episodes go by really quick and they do quick little background with with each person that's about to perform yeah i feel like the budget was great Mm -hmm. for like the stage performances they did but I just didn't feel a connection. A pull, when you don't have that identification with someone, it's very, very difficult as well. Mm. Yeah. And, and it it was, I don't know, it seemed very Americanized. Like. Uh, yeah. Like a streamlined kind of And they're thing. from different countries, but it was very few songs in different languages. Oh, okay. And so I was like, are they choosing these or were they told no? Like you should, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It seemed interesting. And then the universe aspect and the correlation I'm thinking of is to, um, what's it called? I'm forgetting the name of the biggest song contest in the world. Eurovision. Eurovision. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Univision? No, that's not right. That's a network. (laughs) No. They were trying to do that. Like Eurovision meets Drag Race meets uh, American Idol, blah, blah, blah. blah. But I don't know. I'll be interested to see if it comes back. What do you and your boyfriend uh, typically like to watch when you have movie time together or show time together? Hmm. We normally either like with food, mm. we will watch a YouTube. I love this because I have similar differentiations mm-hmm. between mealtime and post meal time. Yeah. I normally get home from work 738 mm-hmm. and then he will be cooking. He cooks and I I've never cooked ever, <laughs> which is so good. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, it is quite good. Um, so he will be cooking during that. It's either like music on. I'm gonna like journal, or I don't journal that much. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I'll watch something that I wouldn't watch. Like I've been really hooked on Real Housewives. Ooh, which franchise? Both Salt Lake City. Yeah, because I'm into the scandal. Oh sure, 
And that's hot this season, right? Uh-huh. The scandal. The arrests, yeah. the Homeland Security, the fraud, the money. Ooh, I'm going to have to catch up on that because uh-huh. I'm a little behind on SLC. It, yeah. It's another one where it's almost like Anna Delvey where it's like you can watch the show and it's sensationalized, but then you need to watch the investigative journalism and there's so much extra juice Mm -hmm. after the episode ends i love that so i've been watching that also new york housewives but i've watched them like not reverse chronological exactly but like the most recent season go back that season (laughs) that season that season yeah and it's so good because there are a lot of seasons in new york and so many i'm woefully behind on new york and need to as my mom always uh, tells me I got to get into that one because <laughs> your mom does you that. Oh, she's like, Craig, you've got to uh, watch New York because she's the one who turned me on to Beverly Hills in the first place. Mm. And I think that was right when season two was starting. And then I started with season one. Two. And oh, my God, once that it's almost like Dynasty. The first season's great. You need to see it. But then when season two is kicking off with Kim Richards and everything, oh. it is. What season did they bring the psychic to the dinner? Right. Is that two or three? It's it's right in that sweet mm-hmm. spot of the best television ever made. <laughs> Me and my old roommate used to just throw this line out at any time. You'll, wait, what did what did she say? You'll never be happy. Know that. <laughs> know that. <laughs> so anytime we just like said anything at the end, we'd throw in, know that. Know that. Okay. Know that. Okay. Yeah, I always I love, love the, the limo fight quotes. Uh, like yeah. The, the f- family trauma that they captured that was so i mean they could have sued for that but they signed off their life so they did and i think that they were thrilled to have that going on Mm -hmm. i just always like to think of the cameraman that was left in the limo with kim as they just circled the block similar with like um the bachelorette contestants when they get off and it's like the cameraman just filming a crying woman distraught like her life is over yeah similar it's yeah and then the um the fight, I don't know where they were in Amsterdam or something, where um, Lisa Renna breaks the... Oh, my God. And then Kyle just runs out that side door for no reason and turns back and is like, oh, I forgot to shut the door. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. They haven't even been served anything yet. Usually, you got to get like a, a, at least one course into that those meals on a trip. I love the trips because you know what's coming. And uh, nothing. And they're like, you don't say that about my Harry Hamlin or whatever. Wild. Yeah. I, yeah. It was like an empty glass. The server was like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give that table a couple minutes to decide <laughs> what they like. So when, uh, how long have you and your boyfriend been together? We've been together for, okay. When would that be? We just had our, shoot, was it fifth or sixth? Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's great. We were long distance for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I think it is six now. I'm going to say six. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's bad because it was the beginning of March. <laughs> well, listen, it's okay. We had a pandemic to deal with, yeah, right? That, Scrambled those our brains. Years. Yeah, those years are very confusing. Also, Let- long distance will affect not when you know the starting point is, but similarly, we, was with someone and am still with them, but for nearly two years, totally virtual. They were to be a podcast guest. We shelved the episode. We might do a reaction video to it at some point. Ooh. Yeah, because it's sort of things just picked up uh, over the over the uh, the interwebs, and then she came to stay in February, and I'm going now to her in London next uh, month, and we're both queer nice. and poly. It's like the dream. I know. <laughs> we need to pitch this <laughs> logo. I know, right? Exactly. Hello. I know. No more game shows, guys. So I'm a big believer in the uh, in the long distance thing, and so we can give people the message of hope that long distance it works. exactly. Now, how did you Except. two meet? 
Okay, so I was living in Arkansas and um I it was like I think my senior year yeah, it was my senior year. Um my friend is from upstate New York and she always meets in a random city with her old friends from Colony. Mm-hmm. Um and Colony is near Albany. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so she was going to Nashville and she was like, We're going to Nashville, it's gonna be a bunch of girls, which I was like I love that. I was raised with all girls, so I've always been like the girls. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "There's an extra spot in the car. There's a spot on the couch. Do you want to come? Perfect. Like, pay for your drinks. You don't have to pay for the Airbnb. Just sleep on the couch. Amazing. Like, that sounds awesome. Um, so I went, and they were going on one of those pedal taverns. Have you been to Nashville? Oh, I've seen. Uh, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, and I've been to Nashville, and I'm trying to remember. I think I saw a pedal tavern in New Orleans. Oh yes, yeah, they do them there. Nashville is more like well, probably New Orleans too, but um, bachelorettes do them a lot. Oh You'll right, see them like screaming down the street, like. <laughs> Now that's right. I remember a friend of mine telling me, warning me or something Ew, about that, about what that is. Don't worry. Stay far yeah. away. <laughs> like, is that a siren? No. <laughs> no, it's... Oh, oh, there we go. That's yeah. Bachelorette on a yeah. pedal tavern. Um, so they were going to do that. One of the girls was going to pretend that it was her bachelorette party. Yeah. I don't know what these girls were, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you reserved your spots. I'll just go down with you and see if I, there's an extra spot and I'll get on with you guys. Yeah. There wasn't, you had to be reserved before. So I was like, well, I'll just go like to a bar, get on Grinder, have someone look at these Grinder shorts. Oh my God. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll That's, tell you about those later. Yes. Um, but I. Was that, is that like an achievement unlock thing? They're like, now you no, get this free pair of shorts. That's too bad. It's about. It's my boyfriend too. He does events and he did a, an event for the like seven year anniversary of Grinder. Amazing. And they had a hot tub and yeah. he stole me these. That's but, love. That's love. I know, right? I'm very proud of them. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to go to a bar and just like someone buy me a drink. I was 21, 22. Yeah. I was just reckless and weird. <laughs> so I was like, let's just go. So I started messaging with this guy. And I was like, I'm alone. Let's meet in the bottom of a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So we met in the bottom of a hotel. I was like, you're not weird. I'm not weird. Let's go get a drink. So we went to a whiskey bar. Ooh, I'm not a whiskey person. (laughs) It it was like very straight businessmen. Oh, God. Neither of us were, but I was like, I think it was in the same hotel, down in the bottom of the Hermitage Uh Hotel. Um, was it all like a, a dark oak? Yes, and all that kind of very look? that. Yeah, you you don't order anything. You tell the bartender what you like in in whiskey, like what notes, oh. and they create it. Okay, one of those. He must have chosen this. What the fuck was that? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I was not that. You know, fancy. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I asked if they had vodka or something. Right. Because, I don't know. Well, plus if you're not a big whiskey fan, that even seems like a, another barrier to entry for enjoyment because mm-hmm. you're like. I don't know, like the thing that's not the grossest. Can I have that? Yeah, Yeah. the thing that does not taste like whiskey. (laughs) I, I, but I was probably like such a, you know, new to the grinder scene of the, yeah, let's go. (laughs) So we did that. He came and hung out with the girls. We met up back up with the girls. Oh my God. After the pedal tavern, one girl was like flat in the bushes. One girl was puking on the sidewalk. It was terrible. (laughs) And it's still daylight out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, what are we going to do with this night? So I, 
a few of them were still had their wits about them. But um, so we started hanging out with them, Mm -hmm. went to a few bars. So then I went back to his place. He was actually, he does events. And so he was staying an extra night just to see Nashville. Okay. So it was kind of like just so happened that both of us were there. And he was broke too. So he was staying at a hostel that was, it was like dorms from a nunnery converted into rooms. Wow. On a twin bed. And we went back. And still, uh, this haunts me to this day. <laughs> he got like free vodka from the event that he was doing. And it was like sky raspberry. I can still taste it. it was, <laughs> I was like taking shots. just try- This was also the time where I was not so comfortable being queer. Sure. And so I would get plastered to do anything sure. with another person. And he's a new to grinder too. Roughly how yeah. new to grinder? Mm, within that year. Okay, that's yeah, that still year. very new. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even that, like, after Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to do the math on that. <laughs> but he was like, should we put on some music? Like, I should have said something really sexual, and I said Nicki Minaj. <laughs> well, that works. Also, when, and that question comes up in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Your mind does go blank. It, it went drunk and it said, I want to dance right yeah, now. Right. <laughs> I just want to dance. I think it was around the time like one of her albums just came out and it was all I was playing. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I got a little pissy with her around the vaccine. Sure. Understandable. I, uh, I have big opinions on that. <laughs> But I'll save that for my TED talk about we vaccines. Can, we can dip into them. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a big science person. Like that. That's what I got my degree in, and that's what I do nine to five. Yeah. Which is actually eight to six thirty, which sucks. Um, uh, well, that's but, science, right, <laughs> girl? It takes a long time. What branch of science? I'm in diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I say that the lab I work at is diagnostics, but I work in clinical trials for um, rare diseases. Okay. So I do antibody testing for these drugs that people take if they don't make these enzymes or enzyme mm. replacement drugs. Mm-hmm. And I see if they're making um, making antibodies against them because if they are, the medicine doesn't work as well and the doctors have to change up their um, dosage or the medication. Yeah. So I... I you know, trust science, trust doctors. I've read peer review articles yeah. all throughout college and grad school. And for someone to publicly, and with that much presence. Oh my God, right. It really got under my skin. Yeah. I got a little pissy. Now I'm like, there's this, in my brain, it's hard what what is your opinion on like separating the artist from the art and appreciating the art, but not what that person does? Okay, so my opinion is it's a very case by case basis. Okay, but generally, I think I can unless someone really pisses me off in the moment. Then it's very difficult to separate yeah. the two. And I think also if the person is playing in the realm of social issues all the time. Mm-hmm. then it makes it very difficult overall if I feel that they're being an idiot about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although something that was nice recently was Neil Young being very vocal about his distaste for Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I feel about that issue in general, the fact that he 
stood up and just said, I'm going to pull my stuff from it. And I hope everyone else follows their conscience as well. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought it was funny also that him and Joni Mitchell were the two main to do it, Canadians. Mm. <laughs> just, they grew that backbone yeah. quick. <laughs> they said, look at this maple leaf, girls. Yeah, ex- <laughs> we are shining bright. Exactly. So, yeah, how do you feel about it? Because it can be tricky, right? It's tough. I don't, it's, and she's one of those, along with like, Beyonce, Britney, when I was, you know, like coming out or realizing there was something a little different as a young person. Yeah. They were kind of, I don't know, my the the confidence that they had on in music was a guiding light. Yeah. And still is in drag. Um, so I love her so much. But it's tough. I don't know. I know. Similar with like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Things like that where it's like, where do you separate? Another thing that is interesting is with Kanye West. Yes. He's one (laughs) where it's like some of his music I love, but then he does does these things that it's like some of these are not forgivable to me. Sure. You know, it, it does cross that line for me. I was a little surprised that in recent times he's invited Marilyn Manson to uh, appear at things. I mean, of all the, whatever you want to say, nutty behavior or offensive behavior, whatever, yeah. that was like a lot. He was, he was on that, like the front of a house and Marilyn Manson was there. And then like the baby was on the other side or something. Right. And I, he probably put out a statement and I just didn't read it but well there's too but, many he's well, the, he, i know, you know i yeah. could never keep up but like what i would want to know what message he was trying to say like fuck the system or freedom of speech or what the fuck but it's not freedom of speech when it's what Marilyn manson has done yeah and then the baby that's like hate speech so right. what are you what are you saying about it right like you could think oh maybe it's a thing about giving people second chances but yet there's been no statement Regarded that, or like trying to find the best in people, but yet again, that's us projecting something. Then that makes it, you automatically assume that it's just en- for endorsement. Publicity and- yeah, and, and we're sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, yes. no, same. Endorsement for that behavior, and then if you're just trying to get publicity. I don't know. Right. He's like, I also relate to him sometimes, because I have bipolar too. Mm-hmm. To and T-O-O. <laughs> I don't know if he has bipolar one or two. It seems like it's one. Mm-hmm. Um, but his one album that says like, I I think it says on the front, like, I hate being bipolar. It's great or something. Oh, okay. That album, I can relate to most of those songs. Mm-hmm. So there's like some of his things I really enjoy, but other things I'm like, oh, and I can't support Right. So, and I need to hear, does not get the stamp of approval. And I completely understand that. And I need to hear more of his stuff, but I've been put off from mm-hmm. exploring. And I've had friends who have either similar taste in music or know my sort of overall, like, wide-ranging enthusiasm for different types of music say, you'd like this album, you'd like that album. And I've almost put it on, and then one of those stories happens. And yeah. I go, mm, no, nah, not now, it's, not now. yeah. A friend of mine is obsessed with every kind of nutty thing mm. that he does. My friend Madeline like loves how sort of bizarro Andy Kaufman it is. Mm. And then we'd like to discuss whether or not it is 
him sort of not in control of his faculties or if it's him working the press angle mm-hmm. a combination it's and, and also to say not in control of his faculties lest that seem uh, like a, a knock against uh, any mental condition no it's like having experienced what i have hypomanic episodes and his behavior sometimes is immediately recognizable because it's it's probably manic my psychiatrist has said that hypomanic is kind of like being on coke like like if you saw someone and they were like not on drugs which i'm never on drugs but sometimes i act like it and that's probably because i'm having a hypomanic episode sure but having a manic episode is like being on meth Oh, okay. That's and really instructive. Yeah. Don't quote me or him on that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but it, it was helpful because I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And some of his captions on things seem methy. And sure. my my brother is a meth addict. I've seen it and I see what he writes. And I'm like, that methy. <laughs> now, to for those uh, not aware of what that might indicate would that mm-hmm. be like the punctuation necessarily being sort of uh fragmented thoughts yeah okay um definitely delusions of grandeur um persecution type of of other people uh, of, of feeling persecuted feelings of persecution or probably if if you think that you're like the greatest thing to happen to man which some by bi- people with bipolar are geniuses but if you think that and you think that you're above everything, you probably do think you're being persecuted for sure. I don't know, being so awesome like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he called himself Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ugh, right. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but you know what is interesting is talking about the different uh, flavors mm-hmm. of bipolar. Because uh, I think I have a, a decent understanding, but it's good to talk to someone who knows more about it and also mm-hmm. for those listening. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure some listening have it. Uh, a diagnosis similar to yours Mm -hmm. or some maybe know someone bipolar one and two uh, the difference between that would be best typified by um hypomanic episodes and depressive episodes are bipolar two okay so they are considered less severe and don't last as long so i think i think Catherine zeta jones has bipolar two Mm mm-hmm I don't know what Carrie Fisher had, but um, bipolar one, someone probably was diagnosed after having like um, a manic episode that there's a lot of different signs, like spinning a ton of money, um, reckless sexually, mm-hmm. like going on a bender or feeling like you are on top of the world, feeling like you see a con- connectivity with all the world and you've un- you understand it all. Right, okay. Like and a it's system like, or conspiracy or something like that? Something like that that you figured it out. Gotcha. Um, I think that's in both of them. I think the main difference is like the manic episodes are more intense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. They last longer. They might last like two weeks, which my hypomanic episodes, the longest one has been like four days, four or five days. And it actually, the first one happened after I first performed in drag. Oh, wow. So yeah. it must have been t- tough to figure out what was what. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I think looking back, there was a combination of things. So I had never performed in front of anyone. Mm-hmm. And I started doing drag during the cor- during quarantine. During like the intense lockdown, I would do makeup on Instagram Live and just like blackout. <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking like bright and jenny do you know them yes okay i think they have some recordings of these lives Ooh, maybe they'll maybe they'll fa- God, furnish me I with some just for that she's just going, for uh... <laughs> there's one that she showed me i'm wearing this crusty ass wig and i'm like girls can you believe the wig can you believe it oh, i love this Girls, and I have like my normal eyebrows on, probably horrible. <laughs> I gotta see it again, it's so bad. But I'm like, girls, can you believe this wig? <laughs> Thinking I was serving Stunning. it. Stunning. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I started in the house. Um, and then I was doing Zoom drag, which I would record in the house also. Yeah. Not like full music videos, but, you know, lip sync, um, I would record it in the loft and my boyfriend would edit it. And then we would, it was like one night on Zoom, the local bar would get some girls and show the, show the things. Um, so I started there, which was a good beginning because it wasn't all in front of people all at once. Sure. But the first time that I performed in person, I had never performed in front of any audience. Like I never did theater because mm-hmm. I was afraid I would be outed. Um, I never did, like, I don't know, speech, debate, anything in front of people. Sure. And so I did for the my first performance, and it was so euphoric and amazing, and I had never, like, felt like that before. And then I immediately, it was my boyfriend's birthday the next day, and I, first of all, the night of, got wasted. The alcohol does not, well... <laughs> <laughs> alcohol to that extreme does not binge drinking does not sure help. sure um it's hard though because again you know it's the thing that helps you maybe get over the hurdle yeah but it, so i don't drink and i haven't for a long time and the thing i and i do other things now and then but like with psychedelics it, you know where you're at and you're like i'll yeah i'll have another one mm-hmm. with booze i always found that difficult mm-hmm. for similar reasons you're like oh i feel like uh, carefree and mm-hmm. then you're just like oh i feel so sick with uh, with therapy and things i've found my limit in ways to, you know, set boundaries and yeah. follow them. But then I was drunk <laughs> for the nerves <laughs> and then more drunk to celebrate. Right. And then I had to travel the next day, which was not, that's another trigger. <laughs> and we traveled to Guerneville. Have you heard of Guerneville? Uh, maybe. Where is that? In it's Re- up north near Santa Rosa. Oh, okay. It's like where Lazy Bear Weekend. Have you seen Looking? Yes. Okay, it's the place that they go 
that's lazy bear weekend in the I woods. I think they like fuck on a tree yeah. against a tree. So we flew up there for his birthday. We did like two more nights of just drinking around all these gays. And I hadn't been like very social. I had just done a performance. I was at a 10 or 11 or 12 and just going, going, going. And also felt those feelings of like, I understand everything. I'm connected with everyone. Sure. I can read everyone's vibe. I I think I'm an empathic person, but this was to the extreme of, I understand everyone, almost mind reading. Yes, I know what like, you mean, yeah. I know what you're going to say. Predi- um, like, future telling also is comes with mania, too. I see. Okay. Um. So, I was around all of these people all day at the pool, probably not drinking enough water, <laughs> getting <laughs> buck wild <laughs> into the night. Yeah. There was a sparkle like the pink pony. Cl- no, pun- pony club. I don't know. But we were just out on the town. And one sign was like, I was having all of these ideas about drag flooding in constantly. My notes in my phone were like, bullet, 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 bullet. I was like flipping through magazine, doggy earring, everything yeah. about making outfits. It was wild until we <laughs> we came back home. And my boyfriend thought, oh, he's just like having a good time. And then we came back home and watched Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. And that scene with all of the outfits. Yeah. What song is that? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. But it's like all of these outfits one by one. I mean, they are sequin, marabou feathers. I was like screaming at the top of my lungs, like jumping off the walls like an insane person. (laughs) It was wild. So after that, I was like, this is a little different. I need to talk to someone. Yeah. So I talk and it wasn't like any other time of just being like, Oh, I'm having a really good time. It was my brain was going faster than my consciousness. Sure. Could keep up with. Sure. So I talked to my therapist and she was like, you've experienced psychosis. Here is a psychiatrist, which my insurance sucked at the time and I was tired of like trying to find someone on my insurance. So I paid out of pocket, horribly expensive, but helped. I'm with both of them still and dealing with it. It's not like a cure all right when you get diagnosed and get on a medicine. Like Mm -hmm. it's been eight months of figuring out medicine, dosages, combinations, but I think it does help. Sure. That's a tentative. <laughs> no, it does, but it's just, it's not as easy as it sounds. Like, right. you know what you have, you take this medicine. It's not like, I have a headache, I take Tylenol. Yeah. And all of these medicines, I don't know, interact with everyone's chemistry different mm-hmm. and their lifestyle. Sure. And also, so they tough. take a while to accrue in the system to mm-hmm. where you can tell that there's even yeah. an impact, right? And that can be tricky, too, because... If it's gradual and it's maybe not doing the thing, it's hard to tell because every day you're waking up and there's a tiny little change, mm-hmm. tiny little change. Did you uh, stick with the first med- medicine that they prescribed or was it a process no. of trying different? So I was on um, citalopram, which is an SSRI, a serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm-hmm. So it keeps the serotonin in your brain and the serotonin is kind of like a, what is it called? 
it's like the chemical the neuro the chemical that makes you feel like you're taken care of and like not i don't know not it's like the anti like lonely um animal in the woods yeah you're not thing. like yeah like, not seeking refuge you're, yeah you're, 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 I, I, I can't and i'm trying word. to remember too because well-being yes is like you're yeah. taken care of yeah so that chemical it's, we found every other word by the way in the woods attacked by a bear yeah. <laughs> but uh, not a big bear like a small bear but you can see it it's what, what's that called? yeah right. <laughs> but it's angry Winnie's angry <laughs> she has a knife there's no honey um, <laughs> so it keeps that in the brain i was on that for like since my sophomore year of college um but then i got on a medication called lamictal mm-hmm. um and it is a mood stabilizer so it should keep you like you can still have i mean you're gonna have like oh i'm excited about this i'm chill right now oh i'm sad this happened but you're not going to have like the major yeah waves yeah um i was on that but I don't think I changed my behavior yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still getting hypomanic episodes. Like I was, you really have to um, take care of your sleep hygiene. Oh, yeah. And I was drinking <laughs> sure. a lot. Yeah. And I was starting out drag. So I was going out a lot and emotionally and like socially drained. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't taking time on my days off to regulate. Like, I wasn't doing anything to regulate. I was making videos. I was still at 100 on my days off. Yeah. So, I got off of that. I got on Abilify. And that was around the time that I got Omicron. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it gave me restlessness and restless leg syndrome. Oh, gosh. And I had nothing to do all day. (laughs) And I was like, I couldn't sit down for a 30-minute episode of anything. It was wild. And yeah. like sleeping was just like flip-flopping. Waking my yourself legs. up too, mm-hmm. which is the worst. I was having to take, well, I start, I was taking NyQuil first for COVID. And then I was taking it because I could not sleep. I had to knock myself out. Yeah. Um, But got off Abilify for the last like, month all of february i was off billify and just on the ssri Mm -hmm. but coming off the billify caused like a depressive episode sure and then um i'm trying lamictal again like i had my appointment today oh congratulations on it today and seeing if it works because i made behavioral changes sure setting boundaries like i don't know especially with trying to do drag more along with the full-time job Mm -hmm. it's draining yeah and so like gloss i wanted to go so bad yeah but i knew i had been doing things like i had a show no yeah i went to gloss last monday yeah worked 12 hours i've been doing overtime so i worked 12 hours did something went wednesday what did i do i don't know but it was back to back to back then on sunday friends from arkansas were in town and we did like Sunday fun day, which I haven't done that in WeHo in years. Mm-hmm. Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> WeHo should not be, well, the the strip should not be viewed in daylight, I don't think. <laughs> That's a very good point. By anyone. Yeah. It's like, <gasps> <laughs> porny. That's how I describe it, porn. Yeah. Like. I, uh, Overly brightly lit porn. Uh-huh. With all this. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> every night <laughs> yeah, on it. Right. And I was like, what in the fuck? So I did that Sunday and I was like, if I go to Gloss tonight, I'm going to yeah. throw a drink on someone. I'm going to punch someone <laughs> or I'll throw myself off that VIP balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Just the right height too. Yeah. yeah. I'll land in the crowd and be like, Ooh, or on DJ Mateo. Whatever. <laughs> something dramatic, something impactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the track will skip. So I set that boundary. Did I have a lot of FOMO regret? Yes. But it's okay though, because that gets easier. You know, I actually set a boundary for myself the week before. I had a, a wild weekend the weekend before, all good stuff, but it was very uh, involving. Yeah. And then I only slept two hours that Monday, Sunday into Monday. Mm. And then I had a lot of phone calls and a lot of all good stuff, but still, again, it's draining. that thing draining. And especially after these last two years, uh-huh. I've had to get a better sense of when to pull back. Uh, because also prior to that, it was like, especially if I was over, uh, in London or when I visited anywhere, New York, oh, I can talk to this person too? Great. Okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. I'll sleep later. I'll do that. Pack in the things. Exactly. And I have a tendency to do that. And then on that Monday, my friend had their first um, costumier uh credit on a film for chelsea robbins shout out wonderful work on ultrasound a terrific sci-fi movie now available on yeah if you like sci-fi sci-fi girl oh you'll dig it it's very good you don't know what's going on at a certain point but in the in the good way okay you know you're like wait what i thought we were here and we're there Ooh, i I love that vincent carthizer from mad men is in it and uh she did the costumes which are phenomenal ultrasound ultrasound what is it on it's on i think prime on demand it might be on another service as well but it's available now it's we'll so, some it. screenings and stuff but it's on demand nice. yeah you'll like it let okay. me know what you think after too i'm a sci-fi gal oh then you'll dig it yeah, yeah. and so am i and i was way into it and that was at the tail end of a day that was full of stuff and i was seeing a friend i hadn't seen for a long time we had a dinner before that went to the movie and i felt like okay i can probably do it Five minutes after leaving the movie theater, I just felt like my batteries uh-huh. were dead. And I, I even had trouble. Do you have this sometimes? You're like, you're going, you're going, you're going. And then like even saying stuff to people, you're like a little like, uh-huh. and I was, oh, it'll yeah. be like, and especially <laughs> I've had a few times at Sugar Tank where it's like, I, I try to see everyone because like some people I won't see, but they'll be like, I'm going to Sugar Tank and they know that I'll be there. Sure. So I'm just zooming around and sometimes I'll just be like, Ah! <laughs> and have no <laughs> like that's i've gone to my reptilian brain and that's the only thing i can do is just like show my teeth and smile and be like hi but i can't form yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean sentences it's like the brain says you have no social juice left yeah you're not doing anything like you should go yeah. home but i know you won't so yeah. i'm trying to give you these other warnings yeah i've had that too where i'm just like hey and then i'm like where am I? Like, where, where's me? What's going on? This is my favorite. Hey, girl. And then I have nothing else. I'm like, yeah. So your outfit. Nothing. I know. It's so funny, too, when you like have to push and you're like, so what are you, uh, are you having a good time? Uh, no, God. that's not. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's the. Mm. Or like, what What have you been up to? We're, we're at a club. Like, what? That's yeah. the. Uh, like, the thing that I've noticed about LA is. The horrendous small talk if someone is trying to, like, get something. Oh, God, yes. If they know your connection to anything. So, I'll tell you after this, but Mm. my boyfriend works at a company that we were friends with someone higher up. And we would go out 
And I mean, I'm from the South, so I'll talk to people. Yeah. And, and I have like, me and my friend Garrett always tell each other, like, we have to stop being so nice to people. Because <laughs> if no one's talking to them and they're standing there, I'm gonna be like, so how are you doing? And um, I'll do that to people. And then I'll immediately know, like, they're trying to get the step from me that as the in to that friend. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And that in LA is like, oof, that's the worst small talk I've ever it's re- it's real bad and it's funny because you know it about 10 seconds in mm-hmm. and then i find i'm not even aware sometimes of doing this i start physically backing away yeah and also looking around me as if there's like caged animal yeah that's exactly it and Reptilian inevitably inevi- inevitably my escape route is now i know i've said this to people and i i meant this in the correct way i'll go which way is the bathroom oh I- <laughs> my favorite where's the shitter <laughs> have you seen the shitter that's my favorite one. The best is when you ask that at a place that you clearly know where it is. You know, like precinct, everyone knows where the bathroom you is. You pee everywhere. Yeah, right, that's what where I- isn't the shitter? <laughs> that's my favorite line from Broad City. Amy Sedaris is playing the real estate agent and they go see an apartment and they're like, wait, where's the bathroom? Where isn't the bathroom? <laughs> my favorite. Very yes, true. It's one of like, the things we love about precinct. Where's the bathroom? That's the one. Yeah. You got to yeah. get out of there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting, like, if someone didn't know I was connected to my boyfriend or the friend, mm-hmm. they wouldn't give me the time of day in, until they knew. And then they were like, oh, I always love clocking the difference in, like, it, throughout, throughout an evening. If someone then sees me with someone or whatever, mm. if there's a difference, I'm like, okay, Sometimes, too, it can be they just remembered where they know you're from. I have a thing where I get, and more so in post-pandemic or right getting out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. panic-related face blindness mm. at a familiar place, uh, particularly if it's people I hadn't seen in two years or something like that. So, that's interesting. So, then I try to give people the grace of, well, maybe they, you know, it's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. even uh, at, uh, I think I talked to Hunter about this. I think the second sugar tank, I had a bit of a panic attack. Yeah. And it was, which made no sense because it, familiar place, familiar people. And I'm doing something that I'm familiar with it. But I don't know, two weird people set me off. It was no one familiar. It was like uh, oh, someone outside and someone in the bathroom. Exact same thing happened. Uh-huh. At, I think it was like the first three. I would have like a little panic, a little panic. And I hit a little bit of indica and it was fine. Or I just, this was before some boundaries, probably got a shot. <laughs> but I I also would get so self-conscious about, like, I would plan an outfit. And I think the second one, I was wearing this outfit that was like a Chanel tweed inspired thing. But it was like, I cut it and it was a smock and only held together with these strips. Oh, okay. And they were all just safety pin. So my entire leg side body was out. Yeah. And then I was fine with it. And then I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> my ass is out. And people don't respect not touching you when your ass is out. Right. And so that was happening, and I, I got the same thing. I think it was the second one. Okay, yeah, I think there was a way. A, a bunch of people, I think, had there was <laughs> we something were all in the air. In the yeah, and then and then when you're in that state too, if you bump into someone that has that, you're like, oh my god, it is me, it is me, it is me, it is me, it is me. 
<laughs> we're just barfing on each other and we didn't even, we didn't recognize each other exactly just that's probably what happened yeah panicking. i think my because my bag was over by mateo's stuff so i was like i have a clonopin i have a clonopin and i went and just okay. ate it and then i'm like okay it, it'll kick in it'll kick in for like 15 minutes and uh-huh. then it did and then but then it was still just tolerable yeah and it, and it was okay like nights happen like that but then i had to remind myself like give, cut yourself up because then i'll beat myself up oh yes this the self like hatred afterwards of like why are you freaking out this why are you so doing stupid? that you probably came across weird too so then it's that other part of the brain I'm like weird yeah right i'm so weird that's it <laughs> i'm just too weird and i can't hide it anymore everyone's and... normal which at precinct why the fuck would we think why? we were the weird ones i know i know we're basically in a business suit compared to <laughs> <laughs> two people on uppers downers and candy corn and like, i'm the weirdest one here <laughs> i must have said something weird i must have, yeah yeah exactly obsessed <laughs> well i am i am as well yeah like, everyone is looking at me no one no one no one no <laughs> that's one. what everyone thinks in la like oh god I'm with me it's with panic related me. like the panic will then uh it'll just like open up every doorway of that thing where it's like mm. <laughs> in my brain and uh, I'm like, okay, no. Then it's gotten better now that I've been to more events because I also realized that I, yes, I was going to things. So in my head, I'm going, you're going out and about. You're going and seeing people and doing things. Yeah. Once a month to precinct and three times a month in New Beverly <laughs> does not constitute <laughs> pre-pandemic out and about Nothing. going to lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a start, but I, it's not. I feel like everyone is putting on a brave face, but we're all fucked up from this <laughs> yeah we're all popping our kalana penzani bars oh yeah in the corner and to anyone who is uh using kalana thankfully the doctor listened to me this time i went to a new clinic a queer clinic and i was like i want to be back on xanax please because kalana leaves me with a fog oh. and it kind of makes me a little blue uh-huh but xanax it's just like the dimmer switch on the anxiety gets turned down and i go oh okay that's right it's just that stuff that i know happens but when a minute i can't do anything about it yeah etc I'm on emergency gabapentin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard about that, but I'm not familiar with it. It's, I don't really think that it like, I don't feel sedated at all. It's just, it's actually for, if if I feel like I'm having a hypomanic episode, like on the up, uh-huh. it'll just like take you down oh, a okay. little much. Okay. I don't know if it's specifically for like anxiety or just like, I don't know the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it, I'm not a no, it's just interesting because I remember someone offered me one one time uh, to sleep, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing," and uh, I didn't take it because I didn't know. Yeah, and it was one of those ones. I was like, "Oh, I should look that up sometime," but I yeah, never did. I need to ask. My mom's a pharmacist. I need to ask her. That's about a really that. handy thing. Oh, girl, it's so <laughs> handy. Yeah, she. Um, long story but she we love those here okay (laughs) i'll just take us back so in the beginning there was a girly and a boy um so my mom well i'll just go back to the beginning yeah so i was born and raised in alma arkansas Uh uh-huh um which had i think at the time like four thousand people Mm -hmm. and my mom used to be a pharmacist before having kids Mm-hmm. And she was just shooting them out. She had six. <laughs> she had six kids. My dad was a pastor um, of a non-denominational church, so that meant that there was speaking in tongues. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a, a feature of non-denominational. I thought that was only like, for instance, Baptist, right? Is the is that frequent in back, Baptist? It depends on the type of Baptist. I know okay. the Baptist, like the first or the um, yeah, for, first Baptist Church of Alma. It, you don't speak in tongues oh, at okay. all. Okay. And I don't even. I don't think that they had. I could be mixing them up too. I. I, but I think like there is a Southern Baptist that does. Okay. I don't know. I didn't associate with Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> we were non-denominational. We were not binary. Okay. <laughs> um, we were non-denominational. So there was speaking in tongues, yeah. getting slain in the spirit. Getting what now? Slain in the spirit. So that means like you're overcome with the Holy Spirit and you, what I saw a lot was like shake and then fall backwards. Oh, that's what have they call that? that. I have seen that. There were like yeah. blankets up at the front that people would lay behind someone that they assumed was about to get slain in the spirit. I see. Okay. And then they would fall backwards and then you would put a blanket, another blanket on top of okay, them. Okay, so that's the that's the mm-hmm. finale to the process. Yes. But these people are getting slain in di- <laughs> at different times. It's staggered. And so you have to wait for everyone to wake the fuck up. Right. And so this could go on for hours. <laughs> so the service is uh, uh, oh, open ended. Oh my gosh! People running with flags. Wow! Flag work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was a full production. Which I mean, I love the, the, the production thing, yeah, value. Yeah, exactly that part. Jesus Christ! Literally, it was it was interesting. Um, so he was a pastor until I was in fourth grade. He did a real switch up. He became a slam poet. <laughs> Wow. Secular. That's what they call it. He became secular, slam poet. So it was, I think he began on a sabbatical from being a pastor and then got into slam poetry, became like a touring slam poet. Amazing. Entered into competitions overseas, was like, I don't, it, it was very like demonized and villainized in my home and in the home church. Really? What he was doing. Yeah. Because it was secular and he was formerly a pastor yes. and all of that. People felt very betrayed by it. I see. So it, my, my view of it is very warped, but he like hustled to become successful and was doing that and making money to support himself. I don't know the specifics very much because I was back at the homestead yeah um but he also was doing like workshop teaching which he still does today at schools in arkansas Mm -hmm. in like the tri-state area so he would go to the school for a week and do creative writing workshops and then like tour universities and started doing that um but what was i talking about my mom oh well before uh the pharmacy she was a pharmacist and then once he left she wasn't a pharmacist for 25 years and had to get all of her continuing education hours. Mm-hmm. So she became a pharmacist again. That being said, she gives me all my drug advice. <laughs> but no, that, there's nothing better than that, though, because especially with uh, anything that affects you greatly, like I had a terrible time last year when the generic version of Adderall, the, concert, tron, yeah, the contracts had switched amongst the distributors. Oh. And it was this whole, and it took me a while to realize that I was not just losing my mind because of the pandemic, but also. It was different. Yeah, it was inconsistent. And then manufacturer to manufacturer, whereas prior there, there would be differences. And prior to that, there'd only been one main generic 
the good one, like uh, Teva brand. Anyone listening is struggling with it, try to make sure you're getting Teva brand generic. Shout out to Teva brand. Shout out to Teva. <laughs> big fan, big fan. Uh, they make some other stuff too. Always good. Um, they might actually make the Xanax as well, the generic. So anyway, that so when you're not sure, especially because mm-hmm. these stu- like the ones you mentioned, the SSRIs, they take a t- time to build in the body. It's so good to have uh, a, a uh, an advocate who's oh, yeah. not the doctor because sometimes you don't even know if the doctor is well versed or. Uh, hard, pardon me for a second. I forgot to turn my notifications off. Okay. There we go. And let me hit start again. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyway, yeah, because sometimes the doctors have some, like, they don't know. Like one doctor gave me Prozac once for ADD. What? Uh, big secret. Oh, no, no. Uh, big reveal. Not the thing to do. Yeah. I, all I ended up doing was blacking out the first time I drank <laughs> after oh. that. So anyway, yeah. so your mom is giving you the advice on that. It is helpful. Yeah. Especially like if you don't want to pay for a full appointment with the psychiatrist. Right. You can say like, hey, mom, can I... Which my psychiatrist does allow me to like call message just with quick questions, but it is helpful. Like, mom, I'm not feeling the gabapentin. Can I take two? And she's like, oh, I take 600 milligrams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise you run into that trap where it's like, oh, a copay just because I have Mm -hmm. one question. Because some of them could be really mercenary about it too. It's horrible. Like, I went to the doctor and I think my deductible was high or something. It ended up being $260. The lab work that I got done was like 100 and something. Yeah. And then the the call just to tell me the lab work was fine. Just No. To, I'm talking like 10-minute call. Yeah. 100 and something. Oh, that's outrageous. So I haven't gone to the doctor. <laughs> that's why I love I the, go to my mental doctors. Yeah. Never, never miss a, an appointment with them, right? Mm-mm. But the rest... Mm-mm. I know I had a clinic and I talked about it before on the show, but it bears repeating. Uh, anyone out there getting uh, STD tests, you shouldn't be getting charged for them. Mm. Uh, the old clinic I went to, they charged me a whole bunch of money for that. Mm-hmm. And there was lab fees. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, works. With, with getting on prep? Uh, before this. This is when oh. I just was getting um, the full uh, run of tests and everything. Full Monty. And yeah, the full Monty. And then then I went to the free clinic, the LGBT free clinic in West Hollywood. And then there's another one on Sunset Strip. Uh, that is the men's health clinic, which is also queer. And But I mean, there's okay. so many places around here that they'll do free testing even out of the closet. The clothing oh, yeah. store. Yeah, which is great. So that's a great resource. And I think anyone listening, wherever you are, there should be a center somewhere. Yeah. Where, and I always like to throw that in because I think it's helpful. Definitely. Uh, the LGBT yeah. center, is that where you went once? Yeah, a couple in the, times. West Hollywood? Uh, in okay. West Hollywood. I went there a number of times. They're wonderful. Yeah. And they'll, they give you even like testing strips for fentanyl if maybe you need it based on what you said on intake or whatever it is. They're out to help you yeah. make sure you're safe. I volunteered there, but I've never been to the medical clinics yeah oh and i think that's where i got my yeah my vaccine shots oh through them as well they're very helpful very helpful place yeah shout out (laughs) big ups big ups to them (laughs) big ups yeah uh they um what was i gonna say um but yeah that's great so where were we with your mom and checking this stuff pills yeah so how many pills a day do you take if you don't mind saying now i'll be taking two Mm -hmm. um I'll be taking citalopram, which is generic for Celexa, mm-hmm. and then Lamictal. But I think it goes by like Lamacha gene. <laughs> the man of Lamacha. My, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My new drag name, Lamacha gene. <laughs> and 
But that one is weird because you have to tighter up. So it's like you take 25 milligrams, 50 for two weeks. Oh, okay. 100, 200. I see. I don't know why. I think you can like have a reaction if you go too quick, something like sure. that. Um, but yeah, just I'm pilled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm at least at a two pill a day because I take Adderall and Xanax. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the anxiety stuff went out of control at the beginning of and through the heart of the pandemic. Uh, so that helps me get a handle on that. So Xanax you can take daily or as needed? Yeah, and I, I basically take it as needed. But if I take it daily, if I'm sort of, I feel like I'm sort of in a zone where I'm waking up with the terrors. Sometimes I wake up yes. with the terror. Do you do that too? Yes. Yeah. Go to bed with like pre... <laughs> Like pre show. anticipation, yeah. the pre show, <laughs> right? We love a Grant pre-show. Vanderbilt comes out, announces, <laughs> announces you will be having anxiety tomorrow. Are you all having a good time? Make sure you get your drink. We have a well, fabulous show for you. No, no, right? It's a different. I forgot the script is different. Are you having a horrible time? <laughs> Are you ready for your sleep paralysis demon? <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, <laughs> Sleep Paralysis. And I know it's you're going to wake up out of that terror into the terror in daylight. <laughs> into yeah. real life, which is a living, walking obstacle course of terrors. So, yeah, for in those moments, or if I feel like I'm in a zone where it's potential, like that feels yeah. like it's likely, I take little like niblets of it, like shavings off the pill. Oh. And I, I never take a full pill anyway. You zest it? Yes, I do. I, I have a lovely little Xanax zest. In the yeah, <laughs> the fingernail. Yeah, and then mm, yeah, mm. just on the tongue. Oh, that it bitter means, taste it means I'm going to be okay. And then I take because I take the instant release Adderall because I find the sustained release are too inconsistent. Oh. Uh, and um, they're fine, but sometimes it's a little stronger, and sometimes it's not. I like I want the same thing every time, just yeah. like I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts for yeah. the plain black coffee. So I in take, the morning. Uh, yeah, I take the Adderall in the morning, and a, a, sometimes a little bit of Xanax in the morning, or if if it's the as needed. I still break the pill apart because I figure you can always add to it. Yeah. Can't uh, always take away. Yeah, exactly. Although the worst thing I find with Xanax is you're just a little sleepy mm-hmm. and dopey. You take a nap. The yeah. half-life is short. You'll wake up an hour and a half later like, oh, I'm very relaxed. That's but true. I'm, yeah. The problem, <laughs> uh, what sucks so bad about experimenting with, not experimenting, but <laughs> I'm not in the lab just like, what should I take? But trying different prescribed medications, it's like you're fucking with someone's real life. And their perception of reality. And like I'm driving to work, that's dangerous if I don't know the effects. Yes. If if I take it in the morning or at night and it's still there, am I tired? Like at one point I pulled over and was like, I need to go get coffee like immediately. What should I like? Because I'm so sedated. From, yeah. From trying something. Like the heavy drowse kind of thing yes. where the eyes are starting to get lit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this, that's someone's life in yeah. a car. Yeah. So it's tough, but I think you got to get through it. Yeah. And, and keeping, a, figure it, out. keeping a Red Bull handy or something mm-hmm. like that is always good. And, and I mean, I have the benefit too of, again, the Xanax amount is so small because I, even when I'm like, I need this right now, outside of rare examples where I've been somewhere and I was like, like I think the first like gathering gathering I was at after the last few after the months of Omicron, mm-hmm. uh, I had taken a shaving and then I had a full one with me and I just grabbed it and bit it in half and I was like okay and it was and, fine and then I was just level and okay yeah I, I what the adrenaline was so I, that's what I can feel when I feel the adrenaline starting to spike I know it'll go out of control yeah and so I just 
did that then and it was okay but so i'm it's always I, and the thing i like about it is uh, as opposed to clonopin clonopin if you do take a large amount foggy and i've taken it to go to sleep before and woken up in the fog still and i'm like ooh, i don't like that is it uh, like off balance foggy yeah just like a little like uh, i feel like uh muddy in my thinking and i feel little and i feel a haze over my emotions okay which scares me because even if they're bad i'd rather feel them yeah whereas i don't want it masked i don't want it exactly i don't want it masked and with xanax what it just takes away is the terror okay because when when i have the terror i can't think of i can't judge the other stuff you're in survival mode and it's like exactly in a corner like yeah and, yeah and then those old gift wrap packages of like all the bad thoughts mm-hmm. they're like hey what's in here let's open one of these up you haven't thought about this since you were 15 remember when your sister <laughs> traumatized you and you still think about it remember that thing that someone said at the dinner party mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh that person hates your guts <laughs> remember what you said back when you used to drink yeah that oh, kind of God. stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it's horrible. Um, it is but it's the, the good thing is that whatever's going on we're on top of it and i think yeah. we should applaud ourselves for that so exactly it's and talking about it yeah the best part you know i feel like I, yeah i think so too if you just open up the conversation with someone they've probably experienced something and i was reading this book have you heard of untamed i heard i've heard of it and i need to be reminded though. it's very like um middle-aged mom <laughs> but totally my vibe but a, a liberal <laughs> middle-aged mom so us yeah um (laughs) her name is glennon doyle and she used to write christian books Mm -hmm. about like how her and her husband overcame infidelity and were god warriors and then she realized she was a lesbian and is now married to abby wambach the soccer player Mm -hmm. so she wrote this book about basically like undoing all of the um what's it called like learned or yeah indoctrination yes. of religion of like what women should do what people should do blah 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 but she um she said like she had a chapter on having anxiety and depression and she said that she doesn't particularly like to hang out with people that don't have anything wrong with them. <laughs> like that's me too so i start conversations with people and nine out of ten times they're like oh i'm having basically a panic attack right now especially in social settings after the pandemic yeah i'll just be blunt with people and i'm like girl i'm going through it right now like oh and they're like oh my god thank you thank god you just said that because <laughs> i'm freaking the fuck out right but i'm just like dancing yeah the night away isn't it fun are yeah. we having fun we're all yeah. just putting on a mask so. no you're right we're all struggling through it and it's good to remember that on two sides that if say you have a, a sort of a strange interaction with someone it's like what the fuck's wrong with them all oh, right the same thing that was wrong with me at this other time mm-hmm. or if uh you feel like you came across weird because i'll get in my head about that mm-hmm. i'll go everyone knows that everyone's going through something yeah etc cetera, etc cetera. and now i feel less i think in the beginning of going out in drag, I felt like I was trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. And I was that I'm going out in drag, <laughs> that I am a, a person that does drag. That's what I was trying to prove. Sure. But now that I like know people out, it's less nerve wracking. And I'm just, I'm less thinking that I'm so weird. And I know I'm weird and I try to be weirder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, the last time that I think after the club, do you know the House of Black? It, the name is ringing a bell, but there's like 
five queens. Okay. I'll, I'm not going to name all of them because I'll forget one and they'll be mad at me. Okay. How about with this? I won't. Uh, I'm not letting you name all of them. Uh, yeah. So you're Don't just going to pick me. one. Uh huh. Yeah. Venus Black. Okay. Do you know her? I think so. Yes. Okay. She. And forgive me, Venus, if we've talked and I have my panic face blindness. She and performed at Sugar Tang and sat on the cake. Oh, okay. Pour uh, some sugar wait. on me. Oh, was this in the last two? Because I wasn't there. Was I that... think it was not this. It was maybe it was January. Oh, I was still in Massachusetts. I okay. Think. Yeah. She sat on the cake. Um, but they were at the house afterwards mm-hmm. after Sugar Tank. And I was like, I feel so weird. And I'm just going to get weirder. And I'm just going to like tell them that I'm going to poop my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, I'm just going to talk about piss and shit yeah. all night and just f- be weird. Yeah. Because especially if you're around people that you're comfortable with, my advice be as weird as you can. I'm with you on that. And also, like you said, just say what's going on. Because generally, if you're hanging out with the right people, Mm -hmm. which is what we should be, that's a good way to figure out if you are or not. Because sometimes we can get that feeling because we're not hanging out with the right people. If you're not, if you are the weirdest in the room, get a new room. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Get me and Rubber together. (laughs) Piss and shit is the common denominator. (laughs) Every time. Uh, every time Mm -hmm. i don't know why yeah i don't know how it goes back we sparked on our episode and it became the (laughs) filthiest episode i've ever done i don't know how that happened (laughs) with her no it just yeah it with her became i think overall the filthiest episode that i have ever done x-rated yeah oh absolutely speaking of x-rated have you listened to kim petrus's new album i have not i need to filthy yeah oh good nasty Come filled fabulous <sighs> it's brave yeah i'll tell you that and sometimes not in a good way <laughs> but some of the some of the songs rubber was the first one to send me like the leaked audio why am i so them. shocked mm. why it was like and it was honestly the day before it released and i'm like i c- could have waited but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she knew i needed to memorize the songs for my next performance exactly um so it's interesting. The writing isn't, it's not a lyrical genius, mm-hmm. but it's doesn't take itself too seriously, which I love. And it's raunchy and amazing. And committed to the raunchiness, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I performed one song, Throat Goat, dedicated to Nancy Reagan. And <laughs> um, I worked it into, have you heard the song ASMR? No. I think it's called Only Fire. Okay. Um, and maybe I have and don't recognize the name. I'll, it's very like a robotic talking. Okay. Um. So I did a number recently that was, it started out with Cassie from Euphoria. You've seen the first few episodes, right? Of this yeah. Season. So it started out with like her um, at the convenience store sitting on the ground and Nate walks out and is like, hey, Cassie, what are you doing? Do you want to ride? And you know how she gets like really sexual in the car and it's like, ah, out the window. So it goes from that speaking part into ASMR, which is like, I'll have to play it for you. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to hear that. It basically goes, you love it when I ride in your car. No, you love it when I moan in your car. I call that ASMR. You drive my car. I drive your dick. And I don't care if we fall off the cliff. And it's like that repetitive into throat goat. Which nice. 
And you, and you love the combination package, right? Like the Britney uh, number that you did, you had, mm-hmm. I think, her very fresh off the presses uh, speech. That was rubber. That was rubber. No, okay. No, oh, rubber did the fucking balls, eh? That was uh, right. rubber. Okay. I did Kim K. Oh, right. Okay. I did Kim K, which... My apologies for mixing up. No, it's okay. It's okay. We get mixed up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically Mary Kane, Ashley. <laughs> Me and Rubber. Um, I did... Yeah, I did Kim K, her divorce monologue from Kim. That's Chris right, that's right. Okay, I, but I so I am right at least in that there was a yes. prelude uh, spoken part. Yes, yes, I love a spoken. It's fantastic. I love a spoken word. It adds so much to the song. Then, the, yeah, it, the uh, another context mm-hmm. and the dramatic impact. And that okay, this is my thinking behind that whole number. I was like, it, it, she was just about to come out of the conservatorship. No, I think she had. And it was like almost a celebration of her birthday, Judy's birthday, and her coming out of the conservatorship. And I was like, she's been done wrong so many times, but let's talk about when she probably had just been divorced and she's like covered in paparazzi trying to take care of her kids. And I felt like, oh my gosh, that's similar to Kim K getting divorced from Chris Humphreys. So I played, I don't think anyone could hear it, but in the beginning I played um, a clip from Rosie O'Donnell in The View and she's like, she's screaming, <laughs> she's <laughs> screaming into the mic and she's like, it's the most talked about woman in America. Britney Spears has left KFED and on The View they literally like blew confetti into the audience, uh-huh. screamed. And then I went into the monologue of like, what would she be thinking, you know, at her house actually going through what's being talked about on every news outlet? Right. Into, like, don't be talking about me. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Everybody's talking about me. Yeah. And I love a song that's aggressive at the audience. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but I, this is my favorite move that Simone has ever done. <laughs> It's a good one. And yeah. it's like, shut the fuck up. And, and I pe- love that with an audience. Same here. And especially those moves. People love that. Mm. They go wild for, especially if you're right in front of the person. Mm. It's the best thing. <laughs> my favorite. So my sister was in the audience. She's never, she had never seen me perform and she was right in the middle. And I was like, Abigail, you have to be dead center because I'm going to point at you when it says, I really don't know about my sister. And there was, like, you know, gay guys on coke with their shirts off right next to her, around her. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, at that at club? A gay club? What? Oh, and at that place in particular? Well, Never. I don't know. We'll we'll have the lawyers check into that. Never. But, uh... Check the footage, girls. That was that's slander. That's that's libel. <laughs> yes, it is. Listen, I'll I'll cut that out if you're just worried about the legal action. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. Brian, do not sue. <laughs> um and afterwards she told me like to get up to the front. They were like what the fuck? And she was like, I swear, I'm her sister. Like, I have to be up at the front. She also had to, like, move people out of the way for me to walk down. <laughs> I gave her a lot of responsibility. Um, and she said, thank you for letting me get up to the front. I also will have to move you guys to the side at one point. <laughs> and a guy said, I don't owe you that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I don't care. So... But you can see on the footage of, I think someone was recording it right behind my sister, that 
right when I said, I really don't know the deal about my sister, and I point to them, to her, all the guys were like, what? <laughs> they realized, like, this yeah. bitch isn't faking it. And then they yeah. politely moved yeah, to the good, side. Good. But yeah, I was. They realized that was their cue. Mm-hmm. And then. I was worried about her at first. I was like, girl. I understand. Getting up to that, the lip of the stage or the, the walkway, mm-hmm. not an easy Mm-mm. proposition. I, I would tend to stick to uh, the. Not the first pole, but when I was shooting stuff, I'd be at the second pole yeah. and using uh, like a tele lens because it, I tried. I'd, I would walk up and it was just like the wall of elbows. Mm-hmm. Even when I was at that pole, I just asked the girl, I said, pardon me, can we just swap just where I am and you are? Because that way I can have the camera up and it won't be in anyone's way. Yeah. And she goes, well, what are you filming this for? And I was like, um, wh- so what? And she asked me again and I said, oh, well, for them. Yeah. And then, cause she was like, Oh, do you just like filming? I was like, I was so confused. I was like, Can I, I, I'm just, I'm filming. That's all I have to say. I'm filming. People film performances all the time. Like, (laughs) and to do it well, like you're doing a service to (laughs) someone. It's not, right. What are you going to go home and fap to it? Yeah. No, exactly. Like, I'm going to sell it or something. Like, what? And it's like, also, I'm asking you nicely. I'm not like, I'm not bumping into you. I'm being very courteous. Yeah. Please go all, and also you're not moving any. I'm not saying, can you go to the back of the room, please? I'm just like, go right here. Yeah. Kick her in the knees, the yeah. back of the Next knees. Next time I will. If you're listening, you're in for it. <laughs> and the straight girls say we're rude at the gay bar. <laughs> 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 I was, I was a little nervous for her to be there because she, she's been at, yeah, at gay clubs, but this one is so, you know, crowded and everyone knows each other. Sure. And it's like, there's a lot of big personalities. And she's a big personality, too. She can hold her own. But I was like, girl, it, it's stress. it was stressful for me the first time going to Sugar Tank, too. Like, yeah. You got to be in it. Sure. Yeah. Talk about our panics. No, exactly. And I like to go early. Because, oh, yeah. Because I like to see a room fill up. That helps Bam. me a lot. And you go when it's cool. I mean, it does heat up. But you get the fresh air. At yes. first. Yeah. And you slowly get acclimated. That's my move. Mm-hmm. That's what I like the best. Yeah. yeah. I had only waited in a line this last time and it was, uh, uh, I well, hate lines. I do too. Actually, the line will bug me out. Um, I think the time before my holiday trip, uh, I can't remember, must have been, oh yeah, Madeline and I went to go see Azalea Banks. Mm. And so then we turned up and it wasn't like late, late, but there was a big line and I can get a very, it's a weird, I can, it's outside, but I can get claustrophobic in yeah. lines. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Almost restless leg too. Like, <laughs> yeah. And my, my head starts going like around like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's gotten worse with age. I think, and it's funny because it's as not- if I'm eighty. Um, it's gotten worse, <laughs> uh-huh. and and I find it's not like impatience. It's not like God damn it, why is there? It's more of the cluster of people. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. Something about that. And it was when you're in a wig and you have makeup on. Uh, yeah, I can see that. F- yeah, face that should grow facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bright lights and people standing so close to you, not in a dark club. Yeah. you're like, oh, this is, feels like I'm in HD. <laughs> do not look. Do not look at the wig line. Do not look Sure. <laughs> the hair. The tracks don't look. Then that's also when you feel like you have a like a weird street spotlight on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I get like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you... So you normally go to precinct and then what? For the month. 
You said uh, oh well one? uh the new beverly uh that theater was talking we were talking about the tarantino oh, theater okay, we should go okay, sometime okay. if you'd like to go okay. i'm a i'm a movie girl oh you will love this place then i'll show you this month's calendar uh they plan i know i'm trying to remember the things they're playing this month uh owl about eve they might have just played that but oh. yeah they do uh, tarantino programs like 90 percent of it and it's all mostly double features or uh if they're single features they're long like all about eve they did um what did I see recently? Apocalypse Now, Redux. And so it's all over the map. So it's things that he's been inspired by? Yeah. And okay. things that he likes to put together. Yeah. What's the movie that he was like, no, 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 no. It wasn't this. It was Echo in the Canyon. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. That's good. It's with Bob Dylan's son. Oh, okay. And he's talking about all of the like. Oh, the, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. That was inspired by a movie around that time. But it wasn't. Okay, I'm getting all of these no, 60s, no, that's a, 70s that's all right. references there, mixed up. And there's also a cool movie from like 20 years ago called Laurel Canyon, which is pretty good. It's not exactly the same thing, but Francis McDormand's in it playing like a, an aging rocker. Oh. It's pretty cool. And I think, what what's her name from the Underworld movies? Um, black hair, British. Uh, oh, God. The, 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 the woman that everyone, no matter what their orientation... Is attracted to yes, exa- Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. to see, I had to say it out fully, and then I was like, right, that one, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, and I, did they have a makeout? No, 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 they don't. But there's still there's sexy moments. They're Leslie. Uh, no, they're not. I, they're actually she might be her daughter in it. So forgive me for, <laughs> forgive me. That was terrible. I know. Twisted. Yeah. He's a freak. <laughs> oh God. I've just revealed, I finally freak. revealed it. I finally I thought I actually kept that hidden during the whole rubber child episode. And now spread it. All right, now I'm just gonna like you said be weirder mm-hmm. and have to let it all out. Scream! I'm into. <laughs> I'm not gonna finish. That I understand. Well, <laughs> fill in the blank, listeners at home. Uh, Your dirtiest but, uh, thought. <laughs> Echo in the Canyon. I really want to see that because I love all the stuff about all the different scenes in L.A. Oh my gosh! Like the, the punk scene in L.A. is fascinating too. The early '80s. I haven't dived thing. into that. There's a good movie called Decline in Western Civilization. The first one is the punk stuff. So Black Flag X, The Germs. And all of them. But the second one is amazing because it's about the metal scene in the mid 80s in Los Angeles. Oh. Really interesting because all the hair bands and like the Sunset Strip. Like, what were the big spots in LA that most of those? Troubadour? Yeah, Troubadour. And then the strip used to be a lot different. There would be a club called Gazaris, which was, I don't know if it, it was mob owned, but there was like a lot of mob owned places that then had a lot of bands so there was uh troubadour whiskey a go-go which oh. is still around but it's not different. quite it's very different yeah <laughs> i was like yeah isn't that where the tiktok people go <laughs> I, now there's a lot of strength the whiskey now they'll be like a band you want to see but they're on after all the other acts that you're like what is this mm-hmm. and the roxy used to be it's still a the concert roxy, venue but-, but that used to be like that's where they had the rocky horror show play really when it first came to town because it was owned by lou adler and two other like jack nicholson or something like that there i i don't know if it's the roxy or troubadour or something but have you ever heard of britney spears m&m tour no i don't think so it was i think she performed like three times different gutted wigs <laughs> joshy valentine told me about do you know joshy yeah yeah okay he told me about it i think and, and it, his, it's a goo salon right yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was her with these like crusted wigs and then two backup dancers the weirdest outfits you've ever seen but it was either at like the roxy or the troubadour like standing room only three shows i might be butchering that but 
it's just like the pinnacle of it. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I bet there's photos or at least some video of it There's somewhere. probably very iconic bands I've played there, but I go to <laughs> Britney's gutted wig. Which no, that's is perfect. Like, yeah. Well, and like the rock, if you ever saw Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, Mm-mm. there's an end sequence. It's like a battle of the bands that was filmed at the Roxy. So that was very much that. And there was a club above Roxy that is still there, but it's not what it used to be called on the rocks, which was a key only club. So, all the VIP folks, Jack Nicholson, John Belushi, you had to have a key to the door, and that's the only way you could get in. Ugh. And the hedonism that went on up in there was off the charts. Beyond. And then the rainbow was kind of like that too, because you could still go in the rainbow and go up to the top, where that's where this this drinking club called the Hollywood Vampires would go. And the dr- Hollywood Vampires were Alice Cooper, John Lennon, one of the monkeys. Uh, and a couple other guys like uh, Harry Nielsen. But so Ugh. I love all that. There's legend so and lore. much Hollywood, like folklore, that I just want to dive into. And I ugh, oh, there's so I'm much obsessed. to get into. That's the great thing. Yeah, yeah. I after Echo in the Canyon, I was really like wearing the bell bottoms. <laughs> I went to the antique store that was near me in Sherman Oaks called uh, American Vintage, uh-huh. and rocked the bell bottom i still rock the bell bottom platform boots and i'm nice. just like obsessed with that i don't know that creative energy that was in mm-hmm. the hills at that time it was a really special time for that and and all the it's crazy when you think about like uh it was like david crosby Joni mitchell um the beach boys yeah the birds and the monkeys too the monkeys um, beatles later right and yeah. then if the beatles were in town they were always just hanging out with mm-hmm. all those folks in that and also, everyone had that a massive house. Yeah. And they could play music all night long. The Beach Boys, like, filled their living room with sand <laughs> with one piano in it. Yeah. And sometimes, unfortunately, the dogs had access to the mm, the, the uh, sandbox. <laughs> yeah. The Mamas and the Papas. Yes. Oh, my God. And the Mamas and the Papas, you know, their drug, t- like the, at least two of them, were, like, worse than any heavy metal or, like, country really? band ever. John Phillips, if you go and look up John Phillips, hair-raising. Oh. hair raising and all their stuff's the most mellow i know, you know like monday <laughs> monday oh like, uh, yeah <laughs> exactly this is demonic. yeah complete wildly demonic oh. yeah a lot of the soft rock acts were like that like the carpenters i mean she of course suffered anorexia and the brother was addicted to quaaludes gosh soft rockers the drugs man. i know what drugs, drugs. Do you like? what drugs i like ketamine okay and I like, although I think I've had some bad ketamine, meaning it was like research chemicals sold as ketamine. Uh, so I'm Lysol. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, just crystallized Lysol mm-hmm. and letting that. Uh, I'm So I'm taking a break from that until I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Because that, that got me into a dark mood uh, time recently. And then the next day I was full of anxiety and I thought, not the look. Mm. But they have really amazing stuff in London, which where I'll be. So I'll be doing a little bit of my own research. Yeah, my... One of my friends works at a clinic, mm-hmm. and I've heard good research about it and psilocybin and like, yeah. I don't. I want to learn more, but I can't do it on my own, or I will freak. <laughs> or go, I will get a Amanda Bynes <laughs> on me. <laughs> I know what you mean. Or like, oh, this seems to work, I, especially because uh, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about how interesting it is that the the d- depression curing aspects of ketamine that they're discovering now, like maybe that's one of the things I liked so much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love psychedelics. Uh, I, I, I've done acid sparingly and I haven't really done it since a year ago, the year, the, the new year's Eve a year before, but it was so wonderful mm-hmm. that I'm like waiting for the right time to do it again. Was it mushrooms? 
no, no, no it, was, it was it was proper full. It was the l- l- strongest dose of acid I ever had. I had mild acid before, oh. and I would take like a half a tab, and so I'd get like a little bit of a floaty feeling. But it was New Year's Eve, and I took it and watched the Bee Gees documentary, and and just mm. fully went. And then after that, I was having all the hallucinations, which was great. And shrooms, I like, but it has to be the perfect setting. That's what I hear. Yeah, I haven't done anything really like weed freaked me out and same here scared the shit out of me so i'm a little like if i were to do anything i think it would be in a ketamine clinic yeah because i think even if i went into any like hallucinations i would be fighting it so much just because i'm an anxious and untrustworthy anxious person i know exactly what you mean so i think i would have to be like i think they get like a therapist with you and they like walk you through it and yeah like guided through it mm-hmm. like i need a guided <laughs> i need a spirit guide sure have you seen chelsea handler does, or chelsea does drugs no i haven't okay so there's like a three-part chelsea does wet like marriage chelsea does silicon valley chelsea does drugs and she does um uh, ayahuasca in peru I that's think? right peru is where they yeah that's like the hot spot and apparently what it does is like it rewires your brain so you go back to old memories that could be traumatic like if you were bit by a dog and um you have like like wiring to associate dogs with trauma yeah if you are guided through it well you can rewire pathways wow okay and it's like this research is valid yeah scientific peer-reviewed papers about it but you just have to have the right people that's the thing. It has to be the right situation yeah. set up. And I think DMT is similar or something, or it's a shorter ride, but there's something about that having some kind of um, benevolent effect on you, even though it can be a hell ride in the moment. Yeah. Because you, apparently all reality is completely different. And you can think that it's you're in it for hours and hours and hours where it's really 15 to 30 minutes. <laughs> but for that, I would need a guide as well. Like I love being around people on drugs, <laughs> but I'm a little scared. Well, I, that makes sense though, because also you're on substances, yeah, that you don't want anything to get in the way of them doing yeah. what they're supposed to. And I, okay, my first time smoking anything, it was in Arkansas. When you buy weed in Arkansas, you have no fucking idea what it is. <laughs> it's like here's this Michigan green waxy. I, I don't know what it was, but it was on a jib. Have you mm-hmm. heard of a jib? No. It's what? like a motorized thing, like, I don't know, a block. Uh-huh. And you put wax on it or, or an oil. I don't even remember that. Uh-huh. But, um, and there's like a, a hose and you like go around and you push a button. It's like, it's oh, something wow. very strong. Okay. So naturally I thought that should be my first time smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> it was a snow day. It was in, on campus, which our campus was horribly strict on alcohol like i was arrested twice for drinking on campus oh on campus for and drinking wow what were the situations were you still in your i was in my or? apartment oh wow one was i was drinking with friends and we were underage mm-hmm. one was i was obviously drinking with people that i didn't know their age and they were underage oh and so it was providing to minors they like on my record the the school was strict and used actual police instead of like no campus police campus police but they were the city police too i don't know how this works that so they were getting like good moonlighting gigs Mm -hmm. doing that it was odd so i was already paranoid because we had 
drugs on campus. Yeah. So I do it in this motorized, I don't even know what this thing was. And I go to my room, or no, I go to the bathroom afterwards. And I feel like my eyes are turning, (laughs) like rotating while I'm staring at myself. Yeah. And I'm like talking to myself. I have no idea what I was saying. I leave the the bathroom, walk out barefoot, and it's a snow day. Oh, my God. And I walk to my own room, and my roommates are playing like cards because on snow days, people just get buck wild. Yeah. They're playing a drinking game, screaming. I walk in, and I like mouth the word, hello. But I, nothing comes out. <laughs> and then I walk past and they're like, Judah, are you okay? Because my birth name is Judah. Judy. And um, and I said, hello. <laughs> so I mouthed <laughs> it first, walked off, said it. Yeah, you were rehearsing. I, yeah. I was in my own one-man show. And I walked to my room. I tried to jump through a mirror. <gasps> wow. In, into another world. I don't know. <laughs> I tried to jump through my window. Oh, no. It's it's on a first floor. Jump through the window, knock over plants on my desk. It was wild. Then I get on my on my bed, and I'd done laundry. And so my fitted sheet was on there, but it wasn't on the corners. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the fitted sheet, writhing, <laughs> thinking it was skin. <laughs> it was beyond. I, I don't know what was in this, but it was yeah. like beyond anything I had experienced. And I freaked me the fuck out. So I didn't really smoke. In Arkansas, mm-hmm. that much, but now I just do like indica or something at the store that they claim is like won't freak me the fuck out. Right, like something with CBD in it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and I can hit that like once in public and be chill. I'm a very if I ever do have weed, which after the last time I smoked weed, which was overly enthusiastic, mm-hmm. and I nearly fainted on my friend's balcony. Mm. Uh, that I, I had to, they, I had to ask them to help me into their apartment. And like I, limp noodle? No, like I, I was like, didn't know if I was going to faint. And then the paranoia of I'm going to faint. And it just, I, I felt like, unsta- I felt like um, not going to black out, but that I, really I was going to faint. So oh. they had to help me to their couch. And I said, I just need to sit here for a few minutes. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you're embarrassed. But but that was too many hits on a joint. Actually, that was the same night as the panic attack. So I've talked about this, I think, a couple times in the show. <laughs> but that, because I was just turned from the mm. panic and i thought this will help no it won't it's weird and we yeah if i have a, a light hit off of like the perfect exact vape pen that is uh interestingly not indica because that will spin me out but what's the other one called sativa uh, thank you sativa with a bit of cbd in it great yeah but if it's a joint forget about it because i'm an old cigarette smoker so i'll take a huge haul mm. and edibles cannot even think about it no i don't do no yeah it's i need like a ratio I intake this, I get this. And if you start, if I do small, then it's fine. Yeah. But I I learned that if it's like big, I'll get paranoid. I don't, I, I don't know, like Sativa does this, Indica does this for me. Yeah. I know for different people it's different. But I normally just ask the person at whatever. And I'm like, I get freaked out. What will not freak me out? Yeah, get me chill, but not fall asleep. And someone was surprised when I told them that, and they said, "Oh, you would like indica." And I said, "Actually, indica flips me out." So it's everyone's chemistry is mm-hmm. different, you know. And I also take stimulants for ADHD, so I don't know if that has that same, you know, inverse effect or whatever. Because is weird. The brain is wild. We're f- and we're fucking with it. <laughs> yeah, all the time, all the time too. So that so I'm I'm ga- gathering from that that probably other drugs you've not really done much with. Mm-mm. That makes sense though. I mean, also when you have uh, like a 
insane psychedelic experience like the thing you had on the jib smoke i've had very crazy almost psychedelic but not in a good way experiences with weed i don't need to play around with it it just doesn't work whereas i love k or acid and Mm -hmm. i was able to ward off a potentially bad part of the trip by just aloud telling myself don't look at chevy chase in that poster (laughs) the one you saw in the bathroom he has a sinister look on his face (laughs) right so uh and i can what about that Oh, Tommy? Yeah, the, the Tommy poster? Yeah. The mouth? <laughs> yeah. You don't think you're going to go through that? I think that right now. Yeah. Oh, we should watch that sometime. That'd be fun to show you. You'd like that. Uh, so that's, yeah, there's a thing in the thing where he's deaf on the blind. Oh, the cast is wild. So you got, uh, um, oh, uh, what's his name? One of the, the greatest Hellraiser. Ollie Reed is in it. Then Elton John, The Who. And then the guy in the bottom right is Paul Nicholas. Then I can't remember that guy. And then Tina Turner playing the Acid Queen. <laughs> Pete Townsend, of course. Uh, and then Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson? He plays the doctor. No, that's a sinister face. Oh, and he sings in it too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then uh, I forget who that guy is. that Oliver Reed again? And then Eric Clapton. And then, of course, the star of the film, Roger Daltrey. And then Anne Margaret. What the fuck? It's wild. It's one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. What are your top three? Okay. Th- this is tough because it always shifts. Mm. So I'll say Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm-hmm. And I can't say which is one, two, and three. So this is just in the top three. Okay. Then Goodfellas. And I have to say Slash Casino because I love them both. And th- it flips back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess Tommy is up in the top three or Body Double. So I'm terrible with like, that's my favorite, but this is my favorite too. And that's wonderful. If you haven't seen that, uh, I would love to turn you on to that this? movie. Yeah. Melanie Griffith. It's a suspense, kind of a horror movie in spots, very lurid, very early 80s Los Angeles. Oh, I'm into that. Oh, you'll love I love the that. rhinestones. Right? I love the body. Yeah. The pervy <gasps> look of the whole thing. Voyeurism. Yes. Oh, voyeurism is like the whole the movie. Theme. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so then th- those definitely, and I do have to say special mention to, to, live, ni- to live and Die in LA. Great. Since we're talking about the posters, the Jabriah documentary is a great movie. I recommend I'll send it to you as well. Send me all of it. these. I would love I to. I used to have a list and then on in my notes. Have you ever been to Quads in, um, or is it just Quad, in Palm Springs? I have not, no. So they play music videos, but also like clips from movies. And I was high one time. And went in there, and it was probably a hypermanic too. <laughs> but I was like writing all of these movies down because they gave they had like clips from um, what is it called? Mm, what's the one with Elvis? And is it gentleman? Not gentleman. Um, is it Viva Las Vegas? Is that the movie that he sings Viva Las Vegas? Yes, in? Uh, with Anne Margaret uh-huh. actually. Yeah. Okay. So they play shit like that, like obscure things. Love that. So I ha- I used to have a list, but I need to add these to my list. I'll be happy to send you those. And I've been trying to keep a list of movies I've watched, which I remember as a kid thinking, oh, I should make a list, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So last year, or whenever the pandemic started, because you know, some time ago, not this month, but the previous, I started making a list, and I'm trying to keep that in check because sometimes you'll see stuff you forget you saw mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I always love uh, recommending these. And Tommy is wild. And then there's another movie the same director made shortly after that called Litzomania, where Ringo Starr plays the Pope. It's <laughs> There are penises. <laughs> there are phalluses. Who greenlit these? I, <laughs> I, um, I actually use... Well, around Halloween each year, I try to watch like 
iconic horror movies because mm. growing up, my birthday is on October 29th, but none of us could celebrate Halloween. Really? Not dress up. They would take us out of school because really? they would have Halloween parties. Oh, wow. Never. Never watched a scary movie. Even the Disney Channel original movies couldn't watch them. No worst witch for you. So I'm, so I'm catching up on horror movies too. I love that. But it's all brand new. Like oh, all the one- Halloween movies. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Everything. Brand new. That's great though because now you have so, a huge pool of things mm-hmm. that some of us saw like either a shitty copy on TV, you know, or like a VHS and you get to see them all. That's one of my favorite things about now. Everything's mm-hmm. on Blu-ray or remastered and you see it beautifully. Oh, God. It sends me down holes though. Like I can't yeah. watch too many at once because The Shining. Yeah. Then I'll go on IMDb and read the trivia and watch ugh, the Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Oh my god, the oh, Shelley shit. Duvall stuff is wild. Uh, it's heartbreaking. And you know, there's, uh, you may have seen this on YouTube, but there's a woman named Molly Mae Fish who does film essays. And there's a lot of like, you know, film, uh, quote unquote criticism on YouTube that is kind of just like filling up space. Yeah. Then there's Molly Mae Fish and others like her who do these incredible essays. I think this was on the uh, auteur theory and this one in particular. I think I think generally she takes two films and then sort of contrasts the approach and how they were made. And this one, I can't remember what she pairs with The Shining, but it's another film. And she goes deep into talking about The Shining, some of the symbolism, as well as how women were treated on the set. Oh. And of course, Shelley Duvall has been legendarily, uh, was legendarily mistreated. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then you think like, damn, what would that performance be like? <laughs> I know. <laughs> And when you talk about artist versus the art, well, I think with Kubrick, you go, wow, that sounds like it was horrible, but that's a great movie. So can I say I can't watch that anymore because of that? Or, yeah, it's tough. And then you see videos of her later on and you're like, shit. Or or behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. in that documentary where you, you just hear him, she's crying. And, but doesn't he say something to her like, Knock that off, Shelly. It's not going to help you or anyone else. Yeah. Something, yeah. No one no one cares. Or like, it's <laughs> yeah, not going right. to get you any sympathy from that's, anyone. Yes, that's what it is. That's what you're it like, is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, and then Jack Nicholson's just running around doing. He's just having a ball. <laughs> having Cartwheels. A <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus, typing away on the typewriter. He seems to be okay with the kid. I don't see him yelling at the kid. But, no. Yeah. I wonder if, what that kid witnessed too. It'd be interesting to get, there must, I wonder if there's a, an interview with him Got uh, to later be. days, because there's been, you know, those documentaries about the conspiracy theories about uh, Kubrick making the moon landing, faking the moon landing, yeah. and then how it ties into The Shining and all that stuff. Room 486, I think, is one about all the hidden messages in it. Now, I mean, I think it goes completely into banana land, but yeah. But we, I would still devour. I know. I I got so, like, the set design of the rooms that don't exist and, like, how it gets you in the... It's mm. oh, it's bananas. Even the the you were going to say something before, so I didn't mean to cut you off when it? I said about the documentaries. But uh, there, there's even on set photos I see where they show you that the snow that he's that Nicholson is sitting in is made out of like you know packing peanuts ground up mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. It still takes you a second to go, but that looks so real. Yeah, and you know it's film magic. Gosh, that's what's great about I don't know living in L.A. You're like, ooh, we're right next to the magic. We're right. in it. Yeah, we are. It's just all around. <laughs> all, I know. I still <laughs> so stupid. No, but it's st- it's nice to still have an appreciation because yeah. people get real jaded. At any industry town, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's this." And no, I think it's wonderful. Every time I'm past the Paramount Studios, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh look, yeah, 
Yeah. No. And we, I used to live right next to the CBS studios. Oh, yeah. On shit Colfax. Yeah. Colfax and Ventura. And it was really cool. I, I want to be in the audience, but I don't know if they're doing audiences anymore. But um, seeing the Big Brother set from the outside. Oh, yeah. Like, we lived right on the wash that the um, the outside set is, like, right over there. So, you, so when um, people would get in trouble for screaming uh-huh. at the people and they could hear it, that was, like, us. Oh, okay. <laughs> we weren't screaming. <laughs> but that's where that's people were, right behind us. Okay. And it was just so crazy. It was like, damn. They make all this shit that we're consuming on TV and is, like, so cool and then it's right there it's right there i remember the first time i went to uh i didn't go to the full taping with jimmy kimmel live they have the concert part after the main taping and i went to go see elo Mm -hmm. and we when we got out of the car they were doing a sound check and they were doing a song from xanadu and Mm -hmm. i i actually started tearing up Mm -hmm. and i still would that's the I saw E.G. Daly at uh, Whiskey A Go-Go, and she, you know, she does the voice of Tommy Pickles mm-hmm. and, and uh, Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And when I saw her play, I like she did one song, and I got all misty eyed because mm-hmm. I was like, and she was doing Sunset People, the Donna Summer song. And I'm like, I'm on Sunset Strip. It's E.G. Daly singing this. Yeah, it's great. And may we never lose that. It's yeah, it is weird. It's like I still get, I don't know, it, I can't even think about it <laughs> but it, it, it gets me choked up too like yeah i on a thursday night i'm like oh this is such a hassle to drive to weho to do a gig blah 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 blah. but then i think like shut the fuck up you're you have a drag gig in west hollywood on the strip it, it was at rocco's and i was oh, like yeah i was like this is still a big deal like you came from alma arkansas you yeah you, it doesn't matter the size of the gig, the size of the audience, the size of anything. You're doing something on Santa Monica. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's weird. I know, but it, it's awesome. It's and all, I don't, yeah. I don't want to lose that. And we can all get a little bit jaded because we get pissy or we're overtired or yeah. whatever. And do that. I can't believe it's taking so long. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, no, I, I'm, I can go to, this is the Mecca of this. It's the Mecca of that. Mm-hmm. And I can go and participate in it. Like mm-hmm. we're both participating in things that we love and all that. Uh, and in terms of venues that you like to perform at that aren't Sugar Tank, uh, what are some of the ones? So there's Rocco's. And where was the first? Rocco's? You mentioned the first show where you had the, the episode afterwards. Where was that? that you Bullet had Bar. Bullet Bar. Have okay. you been there? Uh, remind in me North, where it is. North Hollywood. Yes, North I have Burbank. been there. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> so that's the first bar that I ever went to to see drag. And it's not... It doesn't suit itself for drag at all. Yeah. But um, it was near my house. I was teaching at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was an early show. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Because I, I would go to Showgirls in, at Mickey's. Yeah. And, um, but that was a late show. So I was like, uh, it's a Wednesday. I have to work tomorrow. I'm going to this show at 8.30. So I went to the Bullet Bar, saw the show. Someone was stapling dollar bills to themselves oh my god yeah i was like this is my people (laughs) (laughs) and it's so like unassuming and not pretentious it's the opposite of west hollywood i feel like sure in in the drag world yeah not that everyone in west hollywood is like that but you get those people you do here it's like we're valley trash (laughs) 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 not not calling everyone trash but I feel 
like no one is pretending to be something else. Right. And yeah. like stuck up. That's the thing I hate about the thing that makes it real that you have to tell people about the West Hollywood folks is that stuck up thing. I hate yeah. that. And it's you like can, you can find good down to earth bitches, but it takes some scooting through the rubble. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So Bullet Bar has um one head bitch that books people um every no, it used to be every Wednesday. Now it's the first Wednesday and third Wednesday. So she was the one that was doing Zoom drag. Mm-hmm. So I'd record lip syncs. You could you would do two, put it on Zoom, and then once we got in person, she booked me to do um bullet bar. The music is hard to hear because mm-hmm. it's in a neighborhood and you perform outside in like a strip ground, okay. ground level. Yeah. People. Um and I can't do particularly like intricate wordplay because I can't always hear my Oh cue. sure. So I actually did um a mean girls like monologue in the beginning of the song Popular. Mm-hmm. It was I think it was from Christian Chenoweth's version from Wicked. So it went like, oh, you're homeschooled, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm going to make you popular when they're at the, um, what's it called, lunchroom. Mm-hmm. And then it went into um, popular. But I had to, like, make a noise, like a, <laughs> a loud ding in the beginning so I could count for my cue. Yeah. So the music is a little rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> but you can tell them to turn it up a little bit. But it's a Wednesday and they're in a neighborhood, so they have to keep it down. So I do like Bullet Bar. I've performed at Sea Friends. Have you been to Sea Friends? I've heard of. Yeah. And, I, and w- that is in where again? Because it's- Reseda. Reseda. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sea Friends is great because it like has a pool area. That's fun. Also very unassuming. They have a pretty big, <laughs> they have a pretty big area to get ready. Mm. Um, Always but nice. It, it's all, it's also where there's porn playing on both. That's <laughs> you can get TVs, ready. So yeah. you might pop a tuck, <laughs> but you have a mirror. Yeah. So that's great. Um, and then they have like a big stage and fog. I oh, love a fog, fog machine. Is, yes, essential. Oh, the girls and I twirl in the fog. <laughs> and they did me a great favor. I was actually guest co-hosting like two, no, three weeks ago. And during Throat Goat, they put out the fog during the great spot. Yeah. And I was, I felt competitive come through me. (laughs) I'll have to check that place out. It sounds amazing. It's great. And they have like two outside areas. For Simone's birthday, we did like a party bus and we drove up to see friends and like partied there. Yeah. Well, I actually met them there and then they were party bussing. But see friends is good. Also very unassuming. I performed at... Um, what's it called? Jesus. Beaches. Okay. Yeah. They did a night called Fantasy. And it was like for trans and non-binary people. And um, performed there. But I've gone to parties in drag at, at Mickey's, but never performed at Mickey's. Mm-hmm. But I think Sugar Tank takes the cake. Yeah. Well, there Nothing beats the backstage, like the vibe. Yeah. And like... I so I was raised with four sisters and I always watched them get ready mm. to go out. And just actually being the girls getting ready in the back yeah. is like the coolest. Yeah. And the people, I mean, like it's just It's a great bunch. Mm-hmm. And when did you first connect with the House of Avalon? I was in 
I was living in Fort Smith. It was probably my senior year also. That's when I was like hooking up, going to drag bars for the first time. Sure. So my friend actually went to a Christian school near Little Rock. So we would find someone to drive and we would go up to Little Rock, go to the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I only went to like three of their nights. Mm-hmm. But my friend was working at the Little Rock Repertory Theater. So he had a little like artist apartment that was walking distance from where they did their parties. So we would, I stayed there a few nights. No, maybe it was just two nights. And then we went to, I, I don't even know the theme, but went back to the house and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I had never been around people like that. Right. That word like, so artistic and authentic and didn't give a fuck like i gave too much fucks <laughs> it's easy to <laughs> way though, too many know. and i was raised like you're a pastor's kid you have to act a certain way you don't want to shame your family right you don't want anyone to know if you are gay like my mom told me to take it off of facebook really take off my relationship status right i didn't even like change my orientation i just said in a relationship with yeah she told me to take it off it was always like i had never seen people be that unapologetic Mm -hmm. about their creativity their queerness so i actually but i was still going to school in like a really conservative town i mean there was one gay bar but i never went to it like i was i only went out of my shell when i visited little rock sure um and, and and just for a uh, sense of my, my sense of context, how far away is three that? hours? Three hours. Okay, so that's like another. It's a whole new land mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. yeah. And there are like two liberal ish bubbles of mm-hmm. Arkansas. It's like Fayetteville, where I went to grad school, and then Little Rock, the capital. And I actually, but I was still living there, and I had to unfollow the Snapchat because it wasn't like. I was so envious of their situation and I, I could have had that situation if I would have just been free and open at that time and been unapologetic. But I was like, this is too tempting. I don't want to tempt myself to come out of my shell. Sure. So I was like, I can't, I can't see all of this because I want that for myself so bad. Right. And I like tried on heels at the house and like stumbled down their back porch. Uh, that's very sweet though. It was, it was amazing but then um i moved here in 2018 and then i really i don't know if i knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. i I think i did know that they were had moved here but i knew garrett you know garrett i've met garrett garrett whitehead um so i knew him from arkansas and that was he was dating someone that went to he also went to that school the christian school near little rock Mm mm-hmm so I knew him from there, and then it was we were friends and would hang out at the Bullet and like go out. But I didn't go to West Hollywood that often, so I I didn't know that they did uh, tap. Oh right, right. No snap, snap, snap right. out of it. Apparently, um, I didn't know either because I said tap. <laughs> but I, it was at Mickey's though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I went to one, but I didn't know it was weekly. I probably was still like, "Don't tempt yourself with being so queer." <laughs> I probably was still in like because I 
was a teacher, my schedule was like, I couldn't go out that much, especially like a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't have like a, a um, public Instagram. So I wasn't doing drag. I wasn't doing any like makeup or anything. And then once quarantine started, I just started doing the lives. And then I got a different job where I could start doing drag and have a public Instagram. Okay. Um, now, up until that point, how active were you on Instagram and sort of following and looking at what other people were doing, etc.? Well, so the algorithm pigeonholes you so much. Yeah. So I wasn't, I, I mean, I was watching RuPaul, but I wasn't participating in anything. And I don't think drag was coming up on like my explore. I don't think I was following the, the drag queer yeah. community until I got the new one. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to like put on some wigs, try it. My only goal was to perform at Bullet. Yeah. <laughs> like that was it. And um, I think Garrett had a birthday party at Bullet. And then we all were there. And I was like reconnected with all of them. Oh, that's great. So not, I don't think they even remember meeting me before, but <laughs> sure. connected with them again. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then from there, it was a pretty uh, rapid progress until the lockdown and everything in terms of the that was uh, after re oh sorry it was after yeah. okay got a little mixed up on yeah. that but uh, in terms of you allowing yourself to open that door yeah going out more going out and drag i don't know I'm trying to think of when the first time i like went out in full drag was it might have been that performance i don't know if i went out like not performing before were there any um, nights where you're like, I'm going to do that, This I'm going to go out and drag, and then almost did it, and then didn't? No, I got so drunk that I always did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> always pushed me yeah. over. Um, I had a, or well, I have a good friend that was really supportive and like assisted me. Not mm -hmm. that I like, I don't do a ton of like, I don't need a ton of assisting because I'm, <laughs> I'm not padding my entire body and doing a full huge wig. But um, so I don't need a ton of assisting and help. But he helped me and like pushed me and was yeah. very supportive. Shout out to Chaz, and um, so he was there and we went out. I think one time I thought I was getting booked and then the person forgot mm -hmm. and. I was so mad. And so I went out in drag and went to West Hollywood and went to Tom Tom. Okay. Yeah. Or is it just Tom? Uh, well, no, Tom Tom. Tom Tom. Yeah. And it's next to beaches. And I looked rotten. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I think I deleted these photos, but I'm, I like angry painted my face. I used to cover, I used to cover the brows and block the brows. But then I could never get it flat, and I'm a perfectionist, and I was like, but I did it that night, and they were oatmeal brows, just <laughs> terrible. But I met um, Lisa Vanderpump at Tom Tom, and she said, do you know Trixie? <laughs> I was like, no, uh, no ma'am. We, we do not all know each other. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But I met her later, and she's a great supporter. And by the way, if you need a bathroom break, just let me know because we've been talking for Can a while. Can I do a wine break? Yeah, let's Anna do a, Yeah, we'll do a little pause okay. and wine and bathroom. Bye, girls. <laughs> <laughs>